0: You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 128, Talk About Maximizing Productivity with Abby Miller. After over a decade as holistic nutrition and yoga teacher turned productivity preacher, Abby Miller founded Biz Babes Unite, a magical force of biz queens dodging burnout and getting the good shit done. In 2022, Abby introduced the crown jewel that is work womb a glowing and growing international community of babes approaching work and life from a sacred and intuitive place. Abby's work has taken her from Greece to Morocco to Norway to spark the minds and elevate the work of creatives from Cameron Diaz to Shape Magazine to create and cultivate. Today, Abby is bringing all the good stuff to us. You guys, Abby is a delight. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and
1: creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass
0: and get ready to talk it out. I have a secret, friends. Before we start today's episode, I need to let you in on a little project that launches next week. On Monday, March 14th, the third and all brand new iteration of the Profitable Pro Bundle launches. And if you're familiar with the bundle, you know it's only around for five days. So go to reneedallo.com forward slash bundle on Monday, March 14th to check it out. We have over 25 educators with brand new material, all for the low price of $97 when the value is over $5,000. This is a bundle for wedding pros and creatives who are looking to up-level, squash overwhelm, save themselves some time, and get their lives back in the middle of this ridiculous, but welcome wedding boom. So next week, don't forget the Profitable Pro Bundle is back, baby. March 14th through March 18th only. www.renedallo.com forward slash bundle. Now on with the show. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me. I'm talking today with Abby Miller. Abby, how are you? I am doing quite
1: well, despite the Full moon and a toddler that likes to be a werewolf and stay up
0: all hours of the night. <laughs> oh my, is that, is that like a sleep regression thing or is that just her personality?
1: It's her personality. Her, her middle name is Wolf and we joke that she's a werewolf because we always know it's a full moon when she's having parties at 2 a.m. So, I love
0: it. I was that child as well. I, I've you. always been like genetically someone who stays up late and likes to sleep until noon. And, and my mother is the, my mom, my mom gets up with the sun, So I think having me as a child was a real struggle for her because she was mm. like, get, what is wrong with you? Get up. And I was <laughs> like, I remember as a kid being like, what difference does it make? Yeah. Like, I'm st- I am still have all my hours, but I right, sure. just at a different time, time <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Totally. I love it. How old is your daughter? Two? Almost two. Yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. So we're going to talk today about, you know, <laughs> maximizing productivity, but Especially with you as a newer mom, like, how does that work when she's not sleeping? Or you, does your day, how do you manage the day? Oh, it's
1: madness. I mean, and, and <laughs> you're catching me on, uh, it's comically, uh, it's it's a caricature of mom life today because truly she was up all night and then she also refused to nap because, again, werewolf. Um, yeah. But she'll resume to her glorious self in like two days when the moon is no longer full. But, you know, so... I'm a holistic business strategist, mentor, coach, and so much of what I preach is intuitive self-bossing and I really see this as setting up the productive rituals and rhythms that you need in your biz not for the good days. You set them up for when right. shit hits the fan, i.e., your sleep is taken from you by a tiny angel. Like you have to have this shit set up because it's it's the same as like an investment account. You don't save for today, you put money in the bank for when you know. Hopefully, it never happens. But we have the emergency fund, so when shit hits the fan, we we've got that savings. And it's the same as a self boss. I really see it as like the strategy is an investment in our future selves. So, whew, let me tell you, really relying on my team on days like today, and also just like when I say when I say rituals and rhythms for self bossing, I really mean what I expect of myself, how I time manage, how I task manage, so that when I do sit down to work and I have approximately one and a half brain cells that are functioning, I know what to do. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not sitting there like trying to like have this grand vision. I'm just like, I can kind of be a little bit more of a, uh, someone like an employee of my biz, you know, showing up for the tasks that are necessary.
0: I love that. It's, you know, so I teach this, um, this annual goal setting workshop at the beginning of the year. And it happens in January, and then we have like these follow- up calls. And one mm. of the interesting things that happened this January in the final week, the final week is when we talk about like you know how to, how we're gonna implement these goals that we've set. and like and I yeah. talk a lot to my students about like protocols, like what do we do when we don't get enough sleep, or what do we do mm. when our clients are stressing us out? Like what can we physically put into mm. place so that on those days when you don't feel like getting out of bed, you're like, but can I just take a shower or can yeah. I just go wash my hands or whatever <laughs> that is, right? And what came up in this conversation that night, with like 50-something students, was that like everyone thinks they're bad at time management. Everyone yeah. thinks that they're not as productive as the person next to them or that they should be or some past version of themselves. And do you see that yeah. in your work as well? Oh, for
1: sure. And I think, I think I tend to attract creatives. I tend to attract rebels. I tend to attract artists and people who have some level of allergy to... Um, extreme routine, <laughs> and so I think yeah. that it's like, how do we set up? Uh, how do we set up a schedule and expectations of ourselves that doesn't kill the muse? First of all, that's like probably yes. going to be the
0: title of a book if I ever write one. Um, that's a great book title. <laughs> like, no one all- steal that from Abby. That's Abby's <laughs> right? title,
1: right? And I think, yeah, I mean, ultimately, if there is an increase in supply sorry, there's a decrease in supply, there's an increase in demand. We're 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 living this in the world right now in the COVID era, right? Where supply chains are taxed and prices are going up, et cetera. And it's like the same is true for our energy. You know, whether you're um, a you know a mama running a biz or or not, I think that we, we yeah, when our capacity shifts, obviously our output shifts. And you know, you're talking about like this kind of like how we see ourselves. And I think that oh my God, we all, I mean, to be successful as biz owners, we need to see the areas of weakness in our biz. We need to see the white space in the market. We need to be someone who has the capacity for critical thinking to be successful. And that is beautiful. And that is amazing. And also it can feel like a curse because you're like, oh my God, can I just enjoy my wins? Do I have to like always be trying to grow and improve and change, you know? So anyway, I, yes. You're in my brain.
0: You're in my brain. (laughs)
1: I'm just like, yes, 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 this is so it. And I do think that that we can get ourselves set up, again, get ourselves set up in a way that it doesn't feel like we're always chasing our tail. That's not to say that we don't have hard days and hard weeks, but I do think that as far as our relationship to productivity, our relationship to, oh my God, am I even getting anything done? I think there are hacks. I
0: think there are ways to set ourselves up for success. Well, you had said something before we started recording about being a time pessimist. Can you explain what that means? Oh, yeah. So, so I
1: consider time pessimism and I like made this up, but I consider myself an optimist. I think a lot of people I work with tend to be optimists as humans. And a way, again, everything has a shadow side. So, if you're an optimist, that's really beautiful as a coach. That's really beautiful as a planner, right? Because we get to see the light in others. And I think a way that there's a shadow in that is we're like, oh, yeah, I have 90 minutes to work today. I'll just. Uh, update my media kit, send six emails, update my proposal, and plan my whole content calendar for the month. It's like, no, you're not going to do that. That's insane. (laughs) That's actually crazy. You're being crazy person right now. But um, you know, there's a way that I think we're very optimistic with our time in work. And so something I seriously preach is you need to be a time pessimist as a self-boss. Again, what your expectations are of you in a day. And here's why. If we expect less of ourselves, chances are we're more likely to get it done, to give ourselves a minimum. And and my recommendation is for any task or project you expect of yourself, a minimum of an hour. So if I have a three-hour window in a day or in my week for admin, I'm only allowed to fit three things into that hour. And here's what happens. I either do them all and I feel like a badass and I pat myself on the back and I also create a sense of spaciousness, which I think very few entrepreneurs ever feel because we have this Never. glorious gift of, no, oh, totally. Like so many of us, depending on our biz model, the more we work, the more we make, which is a beautiful part yeah. of entrepreneurship. It's also, there's a shadow because how the hell do you ever take a break? So I really, really love creating a little spaciousness and in our, you know, whether you use time batching or Pomodoro method, there's all different techniques on this. Um, But I really love giving ourselves a generous amount of time to do something. And then we either get it done and again, have this sense of patience or we get it done and we like move on to the next thing. But it's like taking that rushed energy out of it, taking that scrambled energy that I think so, so many of us feel. And then there's also this brutal reality, especially as a new mom with truncated hours, where if I sit down and I'm like, yo, Outside of sessions, I have an hour today for biz dev yeah. or admin. That's all I got. Truly, maybe I'll get a stolen hour here or there while baby naps, but like I got an hour. So what I what I have to do is instead of say, okay, here are the five things I'm gonna squeeze in and doing all of them poorly and being sloppy, I have to pick the one thing that's most urgent, important, and in service of my goals. And so there's kind of this, there's this in like built-in audit. There's like this built-in edit that happens where we just immediately have to ask ourselves what's most urgent and important. You know what I mean? And so we get
0: that Right. Done. And start with what's most urgent and important. Totally. Totally. Because it's funny. I, it's so funny that we're having this conversation today because I watched a webinar this morning about um, like time management strategies because uh, I'm I always, you know. Yeah. And it was interesting what they said in this webinar. It was Marie Forleo. She love. said that we only really have about an hour of like solid cognitive brain function a day. Mm. And when we start, when we waste our hour with like Responding to appointments or like scheduling, you know, scheduling these little tiny tasks that don't need to be done first. In fact, because we think we're like ramping ourselves up to bigger work, we're yeah. actually wasting like the best cognitive ability of our brain. Yeah. So that by the time we're like, I'm I'm emotionally ready to work, our brain's like, well, I need a break now. Go away. Yeah. I believe and it. I've never thought about it like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the video of the rocks where a guy has a jar full of rocks and sand, and then he dumps it out, and he goes, "Okay, now let's put." all The sand in first, he pours the sand in and he tries to put the big rocks in and they don't fit anymore because mm-hmm. that it's been filled up with these. It's kind of a visual of the Marie Forleo yes. example and it doesn't fit, but they all just fit a minute ago. And it was because you got to put yeah. the big things, you know, the big rocks in, first. Big things
0: in first. And there's yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, I'm finding it true for myself just in regular practice. I'm trying to. I've said this on the show a couple of times and I've never elaborated on it and I'm still not going to, but I want to write (laughs) a book. um, I'm just going to keep talking about it and one day, one day it'll be done. But instead of sitting down to write a book, what I'm writing are essays because it feels more manageable for me, right? To not like writing a book feels like a big, giant, scary, like who am Mm. I to write a book, but writing Mm. an essay, like writing a blog post, that's how I'm tricking myself into doing it. I but love it. Thank you. It's like, I know my brain well enough to know what I need to say to myself to get myself to do something. But yesterday I wrote for like a solid, you know, 90 minutes, uh-huh. which you'd me asked when I woke up yesterday morning, was I going to write for 90 minutes? I would have been like, oh no, I have many other things to do. But there was something mm. to remember, like, just do it now. Mm. Just do it now. And I thought, oh, I think I was like riding that wave of cognition of like, okay, this is the time to do it. Yeah. And then I still got all the other, you know, little piddly things done for my clients that needed to get done. And I found for myself, I was like, oh, that's a good lesson to learn. Like, just do the thing that's going to require the most brain." Yeah. I yeah.
1: love it. I love that. Yes. Start with that. Absolutely. Because like you're saying, the little admin things, we can fit those in here or there.
0: Or you can delegate them to somebody
1: else. <laughs> that's my that's my word of the year. I, I live for delegation. Especially being a
0: new mom, you have to be.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, it was, I, I kind of joke that I had to like burn my business down and start it over after being a mama because- You know, I could work a 50 hour week if I wanted. I didn't want to, but I could. You know, I could work a 60 hour week. I can just like pull an all nighter and get shit done. And you have a little human that needs you that's up all night. And it's like, You don't have the capacity anymore. And it was very, it was a very painful, growing pain. You know, it was like a very intense lesson that I had to really grieve and release control and release habit. And, you know, I'm really transparent with my clients. I'm like, I'm making more than I did when I was working a 50 hour week and I'm working a 20-hour week, hard stop, no extra time. Like that's my childcare. That's what I have. And I'm like, what the hell was I doing for 50 hours a week that wasn't moving the needle
0: or that's the thing though. That's what I was just gonna say, Abby, It's like, I can tell you that I work 40, 50 hours a week and I probably do, but how many of that how many of those hours are actually producing income generating activities? Totally. Probably half. Totally.
1: And I'm fair enough. Like, yeah, and you know, I think we both have the privilege of doing what we love for work, so there's that fine line, right? where when it brings us joy, it feels okay to spend time on the unpaid tasks. But then right. my question is, fair enough. If that brings you joy and you like really want to do the thing or obviously like you like, like writing essays, maybe it's an unpaid task in this moment, but it's moving towards a future book deal or whatever. Right. But I do think if it's, if it's, pretty much unpaid to the best of our knowledge. Fair enough, if that's what you want, if that's what we want to be doing. But my question is, do you have another hobby that you'd rather, would you rather shower? Would you rather make a smoothie? Would <laughs> right. you like, right. like, if you Need want a to a do point, something, like,
0: something else, right, yeah. Right,
1: right. Like, go volunteer for a cool, cool nonprofit if you really want to be volunteering your time. But in, like, in your biz, is that really what you want to be doing? And I think so many of us, I don't know, I don't know about you, but so many of us start you know start from the bottom now we're here it's like we're just like building this shit as we go and there can be this hustle culture this sort of startup intensity where it's this total sprint and we're used to wearing all the hats and then our business grows in a way that we can relax a little and onboard some more team members and then we have this habit of doing it all but we don't have to anymore and i think that's right. where i tend to meet clients the most is when they're like in that place of like like
0: I said like you get stuck in your own hustle in a way, unless Other you have way. something like motherhood or something that like kind of jars you yeah. out of it. I've been reading the uh, the book by Gretchen Rubin called The Four Tendencies. Are you familiar? Yes. I love her. I love four You had tendencies. said rebel earlier and I was like, oh, I yeah. have to ask Bobby if she's read it. So um last night I was reading the section on the um the upho- uh the obligers, which is like yes. the most common tendency yes. about how obligers get into this like um obligers for everyone not who doesn't know what we're talking about, um there's four tendencies. It's rebel, obliger, upholder, and Questioner. Oh gosh, the other? Questioner. The obliger is the most common, but the obligers say yes and yes and yes and yes and yes, and yes until one day they just explode and they rebel. Mm-hmm. And the obliger rebellion is like what I feel so much in so many of the wedding planners that I coach and that are my mm-hmm. students because it's like our job is to be an obliger. Yeah. Although secretly in my, I'm a rebel. Really, I'm a rebel who has uh-huh. a job as an obliger. It, like now I'm like now I know why. Like there's mm-hmm. all this like tension sometimes in myself, right? Like sometimes I'm like, I can't make myself care about this right now. And it's like, because my, my rebel soul is an artist who doesn't really care about this timeline in the moment. Right. But yeah, she makes a point in the book about how we get stuck in these, in these tendencies, right? This obliger gets stuck in the yes, 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 yes. And until something explodes or Jars the system a little. You kind of then you kind of wake up and go, okay, what am I doing now? I can start mm-hmm. saying no, or now I can work less hours. Like it's so powerful to me that motherhood has made your business so much more uh, like robust. Really, yeah, absolutely. People out, out in the world, out in the media, out in out in society, we hear the opposite. Absolutely,
1: and. And again, my kid didn't sleep last night. I'm not going to sit here and paint a picture that having a baby was a magic wand to my you know, profit <laughs> right, and loss right. statement um, because there's been great struggle. But I really believe that she has been a gift, I mean, in many ways. And to my biz, like I really have had to look at what is important and what isn't. And and I miss things. I miss playing on Instagram. I miss just like looking at all the people I love on Instagram. Guess what? Yeah. I'm on Instagram about three minutes a day now. I used to be on it so many more minutes than that. So many more than I would oh, yeah. love to admit, you know, and, oh, and yeah. really looking at like, is that where I want to spend my time? Is that useful? And and I think that it all it all comes down to time. It all comes down to capacity. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, mamahood has been, it has been that that jolt. It has been that catalyst of questioning because of a decrease in capacity. And so you better believe I want to give my good energy to the people who are in my orbit, but to, to the clients that I love, like I want to show up for them. I don't want to be scrolling a feed of random people. Like that's not actually useful in my biz. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the motherhood journey has been huge. I think another really big part of becoming a parent, we all know is the village. Um, there's, yeah. you know, it takes a village to raise a baby and it takes a village to run a biz and i think in a capitalistic model it can be a little tricky to navigate that sometimes and yeah. i think when you're thrown into motherhood i had a really traumatic birth and you know 13 days into the pandemic so i was suddenly like oh my god i need i need the village more than i ever have and really living that narrative has really opened my eyes to receiving more in my biz yeah, I was just gonna say, of course, in my biz, it does look like paying people, right? Whereas, right. as a mama, you ask your friend to get groceries for you. I'm not always like paying my friends, you know, but, <laughs> um, but just even that habit of getting out of the like I do it all myself" energy and really welcoming mm. again in our biz, welcoming welcoming in peeps who are in their zone of genius, they're in their zone of fun. They're gonna do a better job than I would have anyway, and I just hadn't thought to delegate to them yet because I was like, oh, I'm going to just keep doing it all myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, that's one of the big, like, not secrets, but because I feel like we all yell about it now, but when I was starting, like, delegation wasn't a thing we talked about mm. as like a business tool or, or a necessity. It was like, well, one day you'll get you one day, right. one fictional future day when you're a millionaire. And yeah. meanwhile, like I should have started delegating easily a year before I, before I actually did, which yeah. was several years ago. And I'm still not a millionaire. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, I think yes. I'm glad what we talk about it so much more now, especially when we talk about mothership and entrepreneurship, like delegate, 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 delegate. And that also requires a certain amount of uh, self knowledge, self awareness, yes. self teaching, and like I think a fair amount of intuition about the people that you're allowing in your business. Like, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, hugely. I'm very much in, an intuitively led business owner. I can read a hundred, you know, CVs, but the person whose cover letter like felt good to read, I'm like, yep, that's what I want to interview, you know? So I think, I do yeah. think intuition is huge. You know, Malcolm Gladwell is very into that. And I think that. I think that, yeah, delegation requires vision and our vision Mm. at WorkWomb is to see creatives do it all, but never do it all alone. I mean, that is totally our vision and it is why we gather. It is why we dream openly. It's why we all connect. It's why we cheerlead each other because we know that we need each other. And I think that a way that we can get stuck, i.e. your example of like, I'm not a millionaire yet, is that, again, just because we're used to being our copywriter, our graphic designer, our PR agent. RVA, we can like wear all those hats and be a solopreneur. Um, that doesn't allow for growth, and we are stuck yeah. in the current us. And I think having this vision of where do you want your biz to be in ten years, fifteen years, truly. And I know that's such a cliche, like where do you see yourself in five? But truly, like what is your vision? And instead of just waiting for it to happen, right? Like I, so my background is in nutrition, and if I had a client that was really wanting to transform their relationship with food they're not going to just sit and wait. Okay. Like let's say their goal is to not be sugar addicted and to lose 10 pounds. For example, we're not going to just wait until they're not sugar addicted and lose 10 pounds. And then they start to eat healthy. It's like, no, we know that's your goal. Right. Let's move towards that. And right. let's, let's, it's really in the action that we live into our vision. And I really see that as a part of delegating. So if your vision is, I mean, basically end of the day, delegation comes down to how do you want to spend your time? How do you right. want to spend and your how- energy, if you want to spend your time in spreadsheets, God bless you, you spend your day in spreadsheets. If what you wanna do is spend your day filming a TV show, get on that TV show. Like, you have to harness your genius, why you are here, why you are driving your biz, and delegate everything else. So if you don't have that vision of, wow, I'm actually a people person, I'm actually an extrovert, I really shine, on insta stories talking podcasts like get a va get a copywriter get all these people behind you to support everything else so you can stay in your zone of genius which is going to lead, lead you to the million dollar career but i think it's when it's when we do it all that we're like sinking the ship
0: i agree and i and just to go back to one of the things you said about like how do you want to spend your time it's like i think when we talk about productivity and time management what has been revealed to me lately because i've been doing so much self work on this because i self identify as someone who's like bad at time Right, mm. which now that I said it out loud is actually, if I could peel back the onion a little bit. That's actually something that my mother gave to me as a child. Mm. She's very like, no, like five minutes early is late. Like she's very yeah. militant about time. And mm. i obviously was not, I, I was more like your daughter, which is just like the moon. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I don't feel like I, sh- like I'm very, I've always been sort of this artistic and my mom is very businessy regimented, whatever. Mm. So my whole life, she's like, you're not good at time. Like you're always late. You're not good at time. So now yeah. as, as an adult, I'm like, I got to figure out this time thing. Right. Because mm entrepreneurship, what what we see, the shiny entrepreneurship that we see is like, you get up at 5am, you do your, you know, like you work out yeah. like that kind of, I'm not that kind of entrepreneur. Right. My point in saying all this is like, it really does come down to those in the moment decisions. Like mm-hmm. right before we got on this recording, I was, um, I'm doing a presentation at the, we're recording this in January guys. Uh, I'm doing a presentation at the end of the month and I had to send a blurb in to the conference organizers. Now I have a publicist who writes those for me, but in the moment, When I got the email, I was like, well, I should probably just take the time and write this. Mm. And then I thought, no, I have someone, I have a team of people who do that. Yep. I'm going to go record a podcast and they're going to do the thing that they're good at. And it, like all of our time management things, they come down to these decisions, these tiny decisions in the moment, because I could have wasted 30 minutes writing a probably subpar version of what they would (laughs) have done for me, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, these are the habit. moments where I have to remind myself. Exactly. It's habit. It's, mm-hmm. And it's talking to yourself and reminding yourself like, hey, I have help here or I don't need mm-hmm. to do this or, or, you know, someone is better at this. <laughs> like, right. please, someone else do it. You know, it's like you said, if what you want to do is, you know, record a, record a YouTube video, then go record your YouTube video and get someone else to edit it or yeah, whatever that means. I mean, this podcast wouldn't exist without the entire team of people that run it. Totally. It wouldn't happen. And I'm totally I'm so grateful for them. And I,
1: I wish that, well, I shouldn't say I wish I invite more conversation around this in our community because Mm -hmm. I think, especially if you are like a personal brand, it's really easy to be like, Oh my God, they just do everything. And maybe they have like one designer that like makes a picture, but everything else they do, you know, it's like, dude, no. Like,
0: yeah, no, that's a really, I love that because I I do look at people like Marie Forleo, right. And it's like, I know she's got, I'm guessing, probably 20 people that work for her, maybe more.
1: Yeah, her hairstylist
0: flies everywhere with her. Which, honestly, I'm jealous of. I'm like, dream job, first of all. I just (laughs) want, like, a glam squad and a photographer to follow me around. because I don't think it's too much to ask. I mean, really. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm sitting here in my literal pajamas, you guys, recovering from COVID. (laughs) Like, God bless. Right, so, like, when we see Marie, we're like, oh, Marie's so perfect. She does everything. And it's like, well, Marie does it probably do any of those not any but she does the public facing stuff right and And she
1: hires well and she has a vision and she is someone who's in the public eye so having your hairstylist fly with you makes sense for her and probably there was an edge where that was an investment for her before it felt abundantly comfortable but she knew investing and you know she's always had really high tech quality like those are things that matter and thus people pay her price points because she set this precedent of high quality and i think that you know there's like the cliche you have to spend money to make money and i think there's truth in that and i think this comes back to vision and earlier you were asking about intuition and i think that we really have to trust our gut around these things and sometimes we want to make that higher even if it's a contractor that we're paying for two hours a week you know i'm not saying bring on 20 full-time employees and go into debt But like bringing that person in, it's usually, there's usually a little discomfort in it of whether it's giving up the control or paying the money. You know, I, I rarely see people just like hiring freely without any emotional experience. I think that it's really common for it to be kind of scary.
0: Do you think that's more of a feminine energy though? Cause like I see my husband run his, my husband's a freelancer. He's a, he works in the film and TV industry and like, uh-huh. I just, he doesn't have a lot of feelings about the things that we have. Feelings mm-hmm. about. Do you see, do
1: you see that? So interesting. You know, we're almost opposite cause my husband's uh, runs his own business. He's a therapist. And I, I think he does, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he does, but I think I, so who knows? So that's, that's my sample size of one of my husband, but I do think that, we live in a culture, we live in a community in the States of, you know, the business model that we see at large is very masculine. Like you're saying, it's the 5am, you know, miracle morning startup, like bro land culture. And that works for a lot of dudes that really works for a lot of guys. And, you know, the truth is men have different hormones than we do you know, every day is groundhog's day. They have this 24 hour cycle. Whereas women, we have a 28 to 30 day sort of not sort of, we have a 28 to 30 day hormonal cycle. And so we are different people all of those 30 days and our capacity is much different. And I think that something that I have really seen behind the scenes working as a biz mentor and strategist is peeps come to me and like, they're all, you know, I I joke that I'm a yoga teacher turned productivity preacher. And (laughs) I love, love, love holding space for people getting shit done at the end of the day. I'm like, let's do it. you know. And so peeps come to me and they're like, okay, how do i get more shit done and i really think it's about balancing the masculine and the feminine and so the peeps that are like really intense overworking driving themselves to be sick like you know not not great sleepers there is a there is a caffeine and sugar reliance like those those sort of type a personalities which is more me, um, those people actually really benefit from softening. They really benefit from delegating and slowing down. And honestly, that softening can be huge for their bottom line. That can be huge for sales when they when they start to bring on more people. And then I have the people that are like a little more chill, a little bit more in their head, like the creative visionary, but maybe not, all, not quite as um, in that place of action, like a little bit more in the feminine. Um, and they actually really need the structure and the intensity. And I think it's it's kind of like the people that like go to CrossFit are usually the people that like don't need it. <laughs> they're like the people, they're like the people that are like hurting their knees and working too hard. And you're like, dude, you actually just need to like go on a walk. And and then it's, like, all the people at, like, yin yoga or, like, restorative are the people that you're, like, dude, you kind of could use a run. Like, that might actually help you. You know what I mean? So I think, I think we're often attracted to what is familiar and what is comfortable, which is where coaching and, you know, support of whatever kind is really impactful yeah. is bringing us into balance. Well,
0: and I think, too, like, for anyone listening who's, like, well, I'm a type A person and so, like, I'm, you know, I can't slow down one of the things mm. I was, I've was i been working on in 2022 is um, instead of like a miracle morning, right? I've had this like new idea that like maybe my mornings can just be gentle mm. because I am not a morning person and I'm tired no. of trying to squeeze myself into a 9 a.m. appointment that I was completely cranky for the minute I woke up. So I really don't schedule anything now before 11, which I know feels late to some people and I don't care because because <laughs> um, I've decided that like, The gentle morning really only comes when my husband's not home, to be honest, because he is, he's a loud person, not in no judgment, but he just likes, (laughs) he likes the TV on. He likes a lot of stimulus and I don't. Mm. So Mm. when he's not home, the house is quiet. It's just me and the dog. I do my journal. I make my plan for the day. I make my little breakfast. I sip my coffee. Like it's all very cozy is a kind of a good word for it because I feel like I need to cocoon before I can go out and go in the world. Right. But those are the times yeah. where I get the most like generative ideas or like, mm-hmm. just even if when I'm cooking breakfast, I'm like, I-, I love cooking. And I, in years past, haven't really done it a lot because mm-hmm. there was no time, there was no time. And that's yeah. one of the gifts of the, of the lockdown, right? It was like, no, like baking bread, even though I wasn't very good at it was very meditative. So my point in all this is saying, like, if you're someone like me, who's like, I don't know. I'm, I want to say I'm recovering type A, but I'm not really recovering. But <laughs> I'm exploring this idea of like, what if my mornings were just gentle and I didn't feel like so cranky about having to be somewhere at 9 a.m. And, and be this outside person? Mm-hmm. Like, I could just be an inside person for a little bit longer.
1: I love that. I love that. And I just come back to most of us are running our own business. So we can do what we want to do. We're not running our own business to create a really shitty job with a shitty boss that underpays <laughs> us and doesn't have a very nice like like work culture. Like that's, it's right. You know, I like to ask my clients like if you weren't your own boss, if an external boss were treating you how you're treating yourself, expecting of you what you expect of yourself, paying you what you pay yourself, um, expecting of you on the weekends what you expect of your you know like if, if, if a boss was doing that, would you have, you probably would have quit by now, right? And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I would have, (laughs) you know, like, like, bye. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have like looked back, looked behind me. I would have just like, like see see you later. But then self bosses were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate mornings, but no, no. I start my work day at eight and I expect myself to be really high function. I mean, so everything you just said to me is I'm just like nodding my head, feeling proud of you because I think that that (laughs) is self-bossing. That is intuitive self-bossing is knowing ourselves, knowing our capacity, knowing, you know, when do we shine? When is our, when is, you know, back to like cognitive peak, right? Like, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? And I think that that's, that is one beautiful part of biz owner. Um, Being a biz owner is that we, we are able to set that rhythm for ourselves. And, you know, for me, I recognize being more type A and just, loving my job. Like I just freaking love it. Working a little, like just work a little less was never, that was never a thing for me. Right. Like I, <laughs> right. it's like, I need abstinence. You know what I mean? I need like, we're in yes. or we're out. I can't do yes. it's like, And so just having that really hard boundary of office hours, which is really easy now as a mama, because I literally have a hard stop at X o'clock. Like I just know when I do or don't have, you know, coverage for baby. Um, right. But just having that boundary, like this is when I'm at work, this is when I'm off work, which is a huge struggle in this era of work from home, everything, um, is when are we working, when are we not? So I think boundaries are such a huge part of self-bossing. And I think in order to set a boundary, we have to know ourselves. So that's like, yes, I love what you just said. And there's no shame in that. I actually think it's really awesome. And it makes me think of, I, I encourage my clients to find their freak flag. And many ways that you can interpret this. Request, but the way that I interpret it is coming up with your pet peeves, right? Coming up with what are the things that make you clench your jaw? What are the make? What are the things that make you cry? What are the things that you really struggle with in your biz? And so for you, if it's like expecting yourself to be on camera at eight a.m. or whatever, um, looking yeah, at definitely that, is not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> great, perfect. So I love it. Um, yeah, that was like my thing um, pre baby, is I realized. I don't want to have any anything early in the morning that I'm going to be stressed. That if I miss my alarm, I'll miss it. And I, yes, I started seeing clients at ten a.m. and I was like, I know that if I have no alarm, I'm going to be up by at least nine. Like my body's going to wake me up by nine. I'm going to have a relaxed hour before I have a client, and that's a gift that I gave myself. You know, was was creating that boundary, and I think we all have our own version of that. You know, we all have some way. I have a client who. Her freak flag is that she hates social media. She's like, I don't want to mm. do it. And I'm like, guess what? If you hate it, you probably weren't magnetizing dream clients anyway. So great. Burn it down. And she's sending a really beautiful newsletter. And that's the way that she's showing up for people. And she loves it because that she's honoring her, her freak flag, as, as we're calling it in this context. So I think it's like building our biz processes around our freak flag. Because once we name them, it's like, Cool. I mean, you probably have it in all of your software. We probably can't book you at 8 a.m., you know? And and my right. client isn't going to have a shitty Instagram with two sort of posts. She's just not going to have it, and she's going <laughs> to redirect people elsewhere, you know? Yes. So it's like yes. it's infinitely abundant and oftentimes completely overwhelming, but, like, truly the world is our oyster, and we get to create the
0: structure. We get to create the processes based on our free flags. I love that. I want to talk to you about something that you wrote um, Because you know, wedding pros, especially in this, you know, year three of the pandemic, I think the word that I'm hearing most from everyone, and also I, you know, back in 2022, this was my like, kept saying it over and over, and finally I was like, stop naming it. Um, Overwhelm. So you you had written tension is a teacher, overwhelm, and how structure creates freedom. So totally, how does structure create freedom when we are overwhelmed? Because I our people need to hear this.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think especially for the Type A's in the house, which I would I would wager that wedding planners are going to be oh, more yeah. of those personalities. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I want a different type. I want my wedding planner to be on their shit. Definitely, definitely wanting that. But it's interesting because they're you're probably there's probably this clash of being more Type A as the planner. And I I don't have a background in weddings, but I did lead um, conferences and yoga retreats for most of my career I have. So definitely an event event planner. And it's like, you have to hold shit together, but then you're also holding space specifically for a wedding for a very soft and feminine and emotional experience. So it's yes. like, how do you like honor that, but then also cross your T's and dot your I's. So that's like a whole journey, which I know you know a lot about. And I think that, that where attention is a teacher, kind of back to the freak flag, is really listening to our bodies and. Um, you know, for me, I worked with all different people for years and I started to find once I really moved into the one-on-one space. So again, my background is in yoga and nutrition. And when I would work with cis men, um, cis straight men, I felt this tension that didn't feel good. It actually, and even if they were married and I don't mean any of them are creepy or anything like that, but I started to notice this tension that just didn't feel good when, and when I worked with, with, you know, women and non-binary folks, I was like, Oh, this is fun, and I feel relaxed and at ease. And just listening to that, and saying, "Okay, I'm going to reposition myself as a coach for women and non-binary folks," because this this dude thing just isn't aligning, you know. And I think, yeah. um, I think there's a hundred ways that tension can be a teacher. It can be a teacher if we're resenting our clients because our prices are too low. I mean, there's just so many ways yeah. Yeah. that that can show up. And I think, yeah. I think it's huge. So I think really listening to that, I think a lot of us as biz owners, even though we tend to be visionaries we tend to be driven we tend to be passionate There's still a part of us probably conditioning um where we want permission we want someone to say oh yeah you should totally raise your rates yeah i think you should stop working one-on-one with dudes oh yeah i think you should only speak if you're going to be paid or whatever our whatever this desire we have is and i'm just here to be like oh my gosh trust yourself like back to intuition just trust yourself do the thing yeah. And nobody knows better about your business, more about your business than you. Nobody knows more. You can hire a strategist. I mean, that's what I do all day. And I'm happy to support you. And that's what I do. I'm supporting you, right? I'm not here to boss you. You're the self-boss. And, you know, I think a way that structure can create freedom is back to the freak flag, back to the time scarcity or time pessimism. Um, When we've built our our goals, our product suite, you know, product or services, our entire biz model around who we are and how we want to work. That's gonna set everything up for success. And specifically when I, you know, I work one-on-one with clients, we talk a lot. Yes, we go macro with the vision, but there's a lot of micro about how you show up for yourself. And I tend to see with my really brilliant creatives, my painters, my yogis, my dancers, um, my photographers, there's like a way that their work is so muse driven, which I love. I know Renee, you and I both have a background in the performing arts and it's so muse driven, which we love. It's so project based. It's very clear when you are on and off duty, (laughs) you're like, I am on stage. I am behind (laughs) camera. I am working. I am on my couch. I am not right. Um, I think that's a little more clear. And I think that when we are in that creative space, it can be a lot harder to find the structure for the biz development, the admin, all of this. And so that's where I think creating a little bit more of structure creates freedom instead of – it's kind of like – it's kind of how I think about like movement. As a new mama, I love – I'm someone historically who like loves taking workout classes and then you have a baby in a pandemic and it's all shot to shit. And I – it's like if I have a yoga class booked at noon on a Thursday – I'm going to look forward to it all week. It's going to be so, I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm doing yoga on Thursday. If nothing else, I got yoga on Thursday. Whereas if I don't schedule it, there's going to be this tension and I'm going to be like, oh my God, my back hurt actually do have a pinched nerve right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I need to stretch my back. And there's this way that you can create a story around it. Like, oh my God, when am I ever going to move my body again? Oh, I never take care of myself. And you like spin out instead of just creating the structure and saying, yo, I'm going to book that shit. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it. And it's all going to be good. And I think that the same is true for all of the tiny tasks that comprise our biz. It's like, if we just schedule them and then create a ritual of showing up for ourselves, it's not going to be as overwhelming. So that's kind of, that's my take on that. Uh, It's so good.
0: It's so funny. The word overwhelm is is such an overused word in my everyday language that I was saying something to my husband. Um, The end of the year is historically like, like packed tight for me because I speak yeah. at Wedding MBA and then we do launches and yeah, but I try not to work in December. Right. So December tends, I try to have December be like the, um, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say like relaxed, but you mm-hmm. know, I haven't, ma- I've made attempts and all during December, I just kept saying to my husband, I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And one day he looked up at me and he goes, are you ever just whelmed? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, and of course, like I have, since I have such a sharp tongue, sometimes I was like, what, what
1: are you yeah. saying? And
0: he was like, I'm just saying like, if there's overwhelm, there's just gotta be whelmed. Like wouldn't whelmed just be normal? <laughs> that was like, yeah. I never thought about it, but probably. I guess my, my goal is to just be whelmed, not overwhelmed. <laughs> I
1: love
0: it. And I love, I love that it. you
1: I love that you like go light in December's. I have the same habit. I take December off because tension is a teacher, because I found out that everybody's yeah. scrambling, everybody's yeah. like wrapping up their year, they're visiting family, they're you know, there's eight hundred things going. People are not energetically like yeah I really want to like create structure and support they're just like okay how do I show up how do I tie up loose ends you know so that was like a lesson for me of wow I think I'd be serving myself and my community if I just if that's the time I take offline
0: yeah it's been it's been good. I mean, we we ended up having one wedding last year mm-hmm. um, in December because of the pandemic and postponements, yeah. and, and really, like at at a certain point, I wasn't going to tell my poor clients that were looking for their fifth wedding date, like, no, we're <laughs> off in December. You know, yeah, I was totally, like, of course, we'll do totally. December twelfth. let's let's do it. Yeah. But, um. I agree. I feel like for for me as a as an event planner, like Christmas parties just aren't anything I feel super passionate about. <laughs> you yeah. know, helping to plan, yeah. and um, and I'd much rather take that time for like my own personal work and like gear myself up for January. So love it. yeah, I, I just, this whole conversation has been fantastic. Abby, thank you. Um, I just feel like this is one that my listeners are going to like, I'm like going to go back, listen to it again, take some notes. Um, love it. <laughs> where so can people find you on the internet? What do you have going on? Tell the people. Absolutely. So
1: my website is workwoom.com, Our Instagram is work one word. Um, so yeah, DM me, say hi on the gram. I love I love a good chitty chat in the in the DMs. And as far as connecting and support and joining our community, um, I offer one on one mentorship. If anyone feels called to getting support and a little deeper dive in running their biz and just like getting in their zone of genius with strategy and one on one biz magic, I also offer a mastermind circle once a year and. We So you can DM about that. It's a really cool global global gathering of self-bosses that are just like calling the shots, leveling up. It's really fun. It's a nine-week incubator. And then I also offer Mom Club, which is a new club where we trade the spit up for glow up. We're like, okay, <ra-> oh, running that. this, you know, uh, raising babies and biz babies and supporting each other. So those are the three main ways to connect all on the website. You can DM, um, connect with us now.
0: Abby, I love that tagline so much from spit up to glow up. Are you kidding me? That's genius. (laughs) Isn't it good? love it. It's fantastic. And I know so many of my listeners and so many of my wedding planning community are moms. And that's something that I don't have personal experience with. So I so love that that's so much a part of your calling because it's needed. It totally is. And have them DM me. I'll send them my copywriter's name too. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Let's get with that copywriter for sure. Yeah. Um, Abby, thank you again so much for being here. And, um, We just come back anytime, friend. Like, yeah, I love it. Thank you, Renee. (laughs) Have a beautiful evening. And to you, dear listener, thank you so much for spending your time with us this week. You know what I always say, time is the one thing you can't make more of. And so I'm very, very happy that you spent it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast. And connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.